I think an example, you know, this is silly, but with clothing where I had this suit jacket that I'd gotten years and years and years ago and loved it when I got it, but it just didn't fit me that well anymore. But I still really liked the feel of it and the, the quality of it. And so I got it altered and was able to have it taken in rather than tossing it out and donating it. I was able to adjust this thing that I already loved. And then I wore it a bunch more because suddenly it felt fresh and revitalized and new. I just wanted to point that out because with our relationships, it's not saying, oh, well, as soon as this relationship doesn't feel as good, toss it out. It's like, no, maybe there's something really great here that you do want to mend and fix and adjust, and you might really love it again. Give it that chance. And that's where you have to develop that sense of what are the ones that can be mended and which are the ones that were past that point. Welcome to the Multi-Amory Podcast. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. We believe in looking to the future of relationships, not maintaining the status quo of the past. Whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, swinging, casually dating, or if you just do relationships differently, we see you and we're here for you. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about spring cleaning your relationships. We all know that spring is historically a great time to declutter our homes, but what about our relationships? Today, we're looking at ways to clean up all your relationships, including partners, friends, social media follows, even coworkers. How can we appreciate and celebrate the relationships that are working well? How can we mend those that need just a little bit of tidying up? And what are the relationships that we need to let go of? Lastly, we're going to talk about how to clean up your relationship with yourself, including clearing out mental clutter, planting new seeds to have a beautiful menagerie of thoughts in your brain, and getting out of your comfort zone and trying new things this year. So when I think of spring cleaning, I'm always curious about where the tradition started. I was thinking that too. Some people trace the origin of spring cleaning to the Persian New Year, which falls on the first day of oh. spring. And it maybe came from Iran originally. Uh, some say it came, comes from ancient Judaism, actually, that uh, being tied to Passover. Yeah, so I, I think there's an interesting history to spring cleaning. I mean, what it always makes me think of is the idea that we've been cooped up through the winter. And because during the winter time, we can't go out and forage or harvest or like get the things we need. We've had to hold on to a lot of stuff, like a lot of crap, mm. a lot of, I don't know, your dried figs and important rocks and all those things to get you through <laughs> the winter. And then springtime happens. You're like, Ooh, I can go outside. I can go forage. I can go get the things that I need. And so we clear out these rocks yeah. off of my body. Yeah, I can get new rocks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> have you have the two of you ever had an actual spring cleaning ritual? Never one that I've really stuck to. Uh, yeah, I do. I like a good tidy now and again, but I don't think I've ever done it specifically with spring. Even though that is when a lot of people talk about doing it. I do have a couple Goodwill bags next to me that I'm you know slowly putting things into and about to go oh, and nice. give those to Goodwill. And it Great. happens to fall around spring. So, Great. yeah. I So I, I'm a huge Marie Kondo fan, huge yes. adherent to the whole 
lifestyle. Is it a lifestyle? I don't know. The whole way of thinking about cleaning. And this is going to sound like a brag, but I did read Marie Kondo's book in Japanese, in the original Japanese. Thank you very much. (laughs) Well, something I really appreciated about reading it actually in Japanese is she talks about how tidying up, like you shouldn't approach it like, oh, I do a little bit every day or I throw something out every weekend or whatever. Like specifically the word she uses is is it should be a matsuri, which is the Japanese word for like a festival. So as in you should do it all at once, make it an event, you know, make it this big mm. event. And so I think about that with spring cleaning where I do think since we're maybe a little bit less tied to the seasons, we're not so tied to, oh, now that it's springtime, I can go out and forage. It's like, whatever, I don't need to think about that. And so there's maybe less of this need for things, something like tidying to be so seasonal. But I think the whole point of this episode, as we're applying this spring cleaning to thinking about our landscape and our relationships, I do like the idea of like, sure, you can do this any time of year. You can do this piecemeal, you can do this a little bit at a time, but I do like the idea of setting aside intentional time where, no, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to make it a matsuri, I'm going to make it a festival, I'm going to sit down and like really intentionally think through this and maybe do that on an annual basis. I think if we take this back to relationships, which is, you know, we're applying this metaphor here to our relationships. And I think that we do, though, still have a little bit of this sense of the wintertime is when I'm more staying inside. I'm hanging out with people I already know. I'm spending more time maybe with family or, you know, chosen family groups, things like that. But then as the weather gets a little bit nicer, then maybe I'm going to go out to more events. I'm going to see people more. I'm just going to change it up a little bit. More things feel accessible. Now, of course, if you're one of our listeners in Australia, for you, you're like, guys, this is the opposite for me. It's <laughs> getting cold now, finally. And I apologize, maybe save this one and come back and listen to it in six months when it's appropriate for you. But something I wanted to talk about this, so making it a, a festival, like Dedeker was mentioning, that something that was a piece of advice my mom gave me when I was a kid about cleaning my room, when I would just get so overwhelmed by needing to clean my room, her advice to me was, to make your bed first. And the logic was, it's a pretty quick, easy thing to do, but it's going to visually make a big difference. So you feel like, oh, look, I'm making progress. I can see my room getting cleaner after just a little bit of work. So starting with the big items, uh, you know, maybe it's clearing off my desk, right? I'm going to start with the big item that's really visually makes an impact so that I feel more encouraged to keep going with the rest of the steps. Yeah, but when I was a child, I could I could stretch out that task to like two hours just making my bed. <laughs> I could go so really? super perfectionistic with it. Yes, I have a lot wow. of memories of this. Yes. Wow, <laughs> I definitely have not ever done that. Was your room just like perfect, Zedeker, all the time? Because I could goodness see that. no. Oh, goodness, okay, no. okay. No, okay. I grew into the the tidy person that I am today. I was very much not. My older sister was like she was mm. the clean freak in the house and the mm. super tidy type A person in the house. And I was not, not that I was a slob, but I was definitely not on top of that. That that was a much later character development or skill unlock for me. Got it. So as we're going through this and looking at your relationships and how you might want to improve these is keep that in the back of your mind of what might be a really easy win that would make a big impact for me so that then you feel more encouraged to keep that going and when you're reevaluating your relationships and your relationship with yourself. We mean relationships with everyone in your life. 
And that can mean relationships with partners and friends. Also things like social media. <laughs> Dedeker, you've actually changed your relationship to social media pretty recently oh, so as well. Much. Spring which cleaning I find, your social media is a great yes, idea. Yeah, that's that's very, very wise. And I think it's something that I'm going to maybe strive to do after this episode, after <laughs> I take all of the wisdom that we're going to learn from this episode. <laughs> also things like coworkers. There is a lot of, I think, things that you can do with your coworkers. You can decide whether or not you're going to devote your personal time to coworkers. That's something that you can think about. So many different relationships in your life that you can apply these skills to. Right. So in approaching this episode, we're going to take a tried and true method for going through your closet as a metaphor that we're going to apply here. And this comes up in all sorts of organizing things. You know, Marie Kondo does something similar to this. There's little variations here and there, but this is, it's almost become the accepted way of going through a closet as well as some other items. And basically that is, you go through all the things and you sort them into piles. And the piles are the love it pile, the fix it or mend it pile, and then the donate it or toss it pile. Basically, what we're talking about is with your relationships is the love it pile. These are the ones that when I think about this relationship, whether this is a friend or a coworker or a partner, whoever is, gosh, I'm just so excited about, I, I really love that this relationship's in my life. I feel a lot of gratitude for that. This is great. Then there's the, the fix it or the mend it pile. So with your clothes, it might be, ah, oh, you know what? I really like these trousers or this, these pants, been hanging out with too many Brits lately. Uh, you know, I really like these pants, but they just don't fit me that well. So maybe I could have them altered or, you know, maybe there needs to be an adjustment. So with our relationships, that's, I still, I value this relationship, but it could use some improving. Like, I think there's good structure to it maybe, but I want to change it up. It doesn't quite fit me so well anymore, or it has some damage that needs to get repaired. And then the third pile, which instead of the toss it, I like to call it the donate it pile. And that's the ones where maybe this isn't a good fit for you anymore. It's not something that you love having in your life. And so you're going to give that away out into the world. You're going to truck those relationships right down to the goodwill along exactly. with last yes. year's promotional mug from the conference. Exactly. So with that, let's get into talking about each of these piles and how we can actually concretely apply these to the relationships in our lives once we've started thinking about what should go in each of these. Yeah. So talking about creating the love it pile with your relationships, I think, again, starting with spring cleaning of any kind, again, starting is always the hardest part of the task. And I think this is a pretty easy entry point into it is even just taking a really nice positive inventory of what are the relationships in my life that make me feel good, that support me, that build me up, where I enjoy spending time with these people, where it feels good to be spending time with these people. And this can be tricky because our closest relationships don't feel good 100% of the time, right? You know, we're human beings, they're going to be imperfect. And again, to rope Marie Kondo back into this, I remember when the show came out on Netflix, there was all this pushback from people being like, well, deciding if something sparks joy or not is not a good metric for deciding whether or not to keep it because not everything in our lives sparks joy. And, and I think especially so with relationships. But again, in the original Japanese, like this is kind of a weird translation thing, I think. 
Well, really, though, like the verb that is used in Japanese is tokimeku, which doesn't necessarily mean spark joy. It's a hard word to translate. Like, I think spark joy is maybe the closest they could come up with, but it also carries this nuance of like, you just feel something in your chest. Like, that's all it was. It's like, you feel it, right? It wasn't Mm. even necessarily about it feels good. It's just like, you feel it. There's like a flutter. There's something, right? And I think that's something you can still feel even if it's like a family relationship where, I don't know, we get on each other's nerves, but we still love each other, right? And still have It's intuitive. Yes, it's something intuitive there. And again, it's not just about your romantic relationships. It could be your friends, your family, coworkers, things like that. And to go with that, in Marie Kondo's way of doing things, she does focus a lot on working your way up to developing that sense So starting with the stuff that's really easy of, oh my gosh, I totally love this thing, or I've always hated this, want to get this out of my house. But more often it's it's easier on the love it side of like, I know that I love it every time I wear this outfit, or I love it every time I look at this painting or whatever it is, right? That's kind of easier. And then as you develop your sense for what moves you, right? (laughs) Like what has that feeling inside? that then you can get to the stuff that's a little more difficult because you've sort of developed that muscle. So I think the importance here when looking at our relationships is to start with that love it pile and to focus on one, just really celebrating these relationships and really appreciating them, but also looking at, you know, what do you love about them? What is great about them? And realizing that when we get into the mending pile and the donating pile, the point of those is to get more of this in your life, is either to make room more for these relationships that really fulfill you and fill you up, or to try to turn some of your mediocre ones or, you know, your mend it ones into ones that you feel more of this. Oh my gosh, I'm just so grateful that I have this in my life. So keeping that in mind is like, this is the whole point. It's not about getting rid of stuff for getting rid of stuff's sake. It's about how do I get more of this great, good feeling in my life? And how do I learn to identify this and realize that I deserve this in my life? So let's move on to that mending or altering pile. I think this is an interesting one because there are patterns sometimes that come up of unresolved conflict and you find in your life over and over, hey, I really care about this person. I really want to continue a relationship with them. But it would help the two of us in our relationship if we learned to sort of mend or fix or alter the way in which we interact with each other on a continual basis. And I think that's a really great thing to be able to look at and make a concerted effort to fix if possible. And we have talked about in the past the fact that there are things like perpetual problems in many, many relationships, and there is a potential that a problem can't be fixed. But if you can at least work on it and discuss it, I think that that is at least a good first step. And you can do that by having things like radar check-ins, which we talk about a lot on this show. You can go to multiamory.com slash radar. And you can also listen to our episode 147 on that subject. So I think that's a great one. Also, our repair shop template is excellent for repairing after fights. And I think it could be used in a a variety of ways with a variety of people because you can repair something that you keep coming back to over and over again. 
And I think that repair shop really getting granular about it and talking about your history in relation to that thing and your stories around what happened and taking ownership and then preventing and helping move forward from that standpoint, that that's a great template as well to begin that mending or altering process. To think about this in a metaphorical way, again, about clothing uh, or, or other items in your life is that idea of this thing is, you know, there's quality to it. It's well-made. Maybe I have a great history with it, but I just find myself not wanting to wear it that often when I see it in my closet or, you know, there's just something a little bit off about it that for us with our relationships, it can feel that way of, of, you know, maybe there's a lot of history here, or maybe, you know, this is a relationship that I just find myself not getting as excited to spend time on. And then to think about, well, is that something that could be fixed? Right? Like I think an example, you know, this is silly, but with clothing where I had this um, suit jacket that I'd gotten years and years and years ago and loved it when I got it, uh, but it just didn't fit me that well anymore. And kind of the style of it was a sort of a looser, boxier style, which just wasn't in as much anymore, but I still really liked the feel of it and uh, the quality of it. And so I got it altered and was able to have it taken in rather than, you know, tossing it out and donating it. I was able to adjust this thing that I already loved. And then I wore it a bunch more because suddenly it felt fresh and revitalized and new. So I know that's a little bit of a silly metaphor, but I just wanted to point that out because with our relationships, it's not saying, oh, well, as soon as this relationship doesn't feel as good, toss it out. It's like, no, maybe there's something really great here that you do want to mend and fix and adjust and you might really love it again. Uh, to give it that chance. And that's where you have to develop that sense of what are the ones that can be mended and which are the ones that were past that point. Maybe it's been altered too many times. There's not enough mm. fabric left to do that anymore. Yeah. And I think you can also apply this in just looking at, are there particular old patterns, old habits, old scripts that I'm playing out over and over again in my existing relationships with my partners are with my friends. So things like have we fallen into just a routine of just Netflix every single night? And don't get me wrong, absolutely nothing wrong with Netflix and chill. I think we do all need that downtime, that veg out time. But is that really the only way that we're connecting in a really passive way? Do we only ever just go out for drinks? That's the only way that I connect with this particular friend. Again, not that there's anything inherently wrong with that, but evaluating could bringing in something new really help this relationship or help me get closer to this person or help introduce them to a different side of my friend group, right? And in long-term relationships, I think it's really important to be bringing in and be consciously bringing in a sense of playfulness and of adventure, right? Something that's often very easy when a relationship is new and we're just getting to know someone. And if we've got NRE chemical cocktails uh, tossing around in our brain, that then becomes a lot easier to be proactive about, oh, we could go check out this thing. We could go see this play. We could go to this concert. We could go take this weekend trip. And then over time, it becomes maybe less exciting, becomes less motivated to turn towards those things. But I remember reading some research a while ago. And again, I didn't have time to actually pull what the study was. But if I recall correctly, basically the way that our brains work, that if we have new and novel experiences with a long-term partner, 
our brain projects some of that new and novelty onto that long-term partner as well, right? And so all of these narratives that we have around getting stagnant in a relationship, falling into a rut, or even getting bored with a partner, there can be a lot of things that feed into why that may be. But also sometimes we just stop seeking out new experiences together. And sometimes even just doing that, even if it's something as simple as let's take a different walking path today, or let's go to a different restaurant that we've never heard of and never read any reviews, right? Just like some kind of situation where we don't know what the result is going to be, but we do expect that maybe it'll be positive, that that's playfulness and adventure. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be time intensive. It doesn't have to be difficult. I do want to point out that you can have those new and novel experiences with not just romantic partners, but with friends as well. I mean, the three of us have been very fortunate in getting the opportunity to travel together. And that's always super cool because we've gotten to do a lot of those very fun novel experiences together, which I think has only strengthened our relationship. And that's a friendship, but it's still is something that's really great and awesome. And the same goes with family, you know, things along those lines. So there's a variety of people that you can have novel experiences with. To go back now to this metaphor of altering clothes and altering how they fit you, something like that. When we apply this to relationships, one thing to look at besides just have we fallen into a rut or do we have some communication things we need to work out? It could also be that the shape of this relationship needs to change that maybe this relationship worked great as it was, but now you want different things from it, or maybe they feel more comfortable with different things. Again, whether this is a friend or a partner or whatever, but if it's someone who you're able to be a little more intentional about your relationship with, we would really suggest checking out the uh, Relationship Anarchy Smorgasbord. It's something we talk about pretty often. Uh, you can just, if you just Google those words, you'll find all sorts of stuff about it. But basically, it's the idea of instead of saying, well, a romantic partner always does all of these things and doesn't do these other things, and a friend does this different set of things and doesn't do any of these other ones, instead, you break that all apart and look at all the different pieces that could be involved in a relationship and evaluate each one to see which of these works for us, which one makes sense for this relationship. And so you may find that it's adding some dynamic that you hadn't considered was even an option for this relationship, or maybe removing an aspect of a relationship that you kind of felt like, oh, I I just thought I was required to have this part of it. You know, whether that's some sort of physical touch or financial entwinement or whatever, right? There's, There's a whole range of things. And that's what the Relationship Anarchy Smorgasbord is there to help with, is to help identify all those different aspects so that you can customize your relationships to better fit you just like altering your clothes. All right, we're going to go on to talking about the donate it pile. For those relationships, when you do realize this one isn't isn't serving me, and this one maybe isn't serving the other person either. But before we get to that, we're going to take a quick break to talk about some ways that you can support this show. If you value this content, and if this is helpful in your life, taking a moment to tell your friends about it, one. And then two, check out our sponsors, listen to these. And if any of them interest you, go check them out. It does directly help support our show, which is what allows us to keep this content coming to everyone out there in the world for free. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection 
And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping code M-U-L-T-I. And now we're going to get into perhaps the slightly more challenging aspect of the spring cleaning part. And I know it's hard for me with my things to sometimes let go, Mm. but often it feels really nice to let it go out into the world. And the three of us are all members of our respective buy nothing groups. I think it's lovely, the metaphor that you put here, Jace, which is to donate it to have the opportunity to give something to someone else or for something else to be of use to someone in a way that perhaps it wasn't of use to you. And I think that that's a great way to look at relationships as well, that you're not just like tossing a person away, but instead you are allowing a person to fly free into the world (laughs) and have, you know, amazing new adventures with other people. Well, sometimes that's hard to do, right? There's this great Oscar Wilde quote. I forget which book or play it was from where he wrote, there's so many things that we would put down if we weren't afraid of others picking them up. And he was talking about it in the context of relationships, right? And I think Mm. many of us can struggle with that. I hear that from clients all the time. They maybe realize this is not the relationship for me anymore. This partner is not a good fit. It's run its course. I'm not really happy. But also the idea that then they would go and date someone else or they would go and have a happy relationship with someone else or they would go and give all the things that I've been wanting from them to someone else. It's like so upsetting that I feel like I can't let go. And mm. it, I mean, I guess yeah. it mirrors maybe what we run into with trying to give up physical objects as well. Maybe we don't feel... I was going to say, maybe we don't feel as concerned with like who gets the donated object, but Jace, all the time in our, when, when I want to give something to the buy nothing group, you like, I think you do get nervous about, but who's going to get it? Is it just going to be some hoarder or is it going to be someone who actually appreciates this object? Yeah, I do. I do want my objects to be appreciated when they find their new home. I find sometimes also that I continually wonder, well, am I going to want this thing someday? Mm. Am I going to want to wear this item again eventually? And I do think that that sometimes can be the case also in your relationships with various people. Like, well, Mm. we had a really good time for a while and maybe we can get back there again. Oh, 
Gosh, that's challenging sometimes because you always remember like how it was at one point and that can make it more challenging and difficult to let something go because maybe you hope that it will get back there again, but it doesn't always necessarily. And I think it is potentially freeing to be able to say, no, I, I am going to put that down. Yeah. And so that goes back to that idea that this is a skill that developing this sense for it is a skill, right? If you think back to maybe some of your earliest relationships when you first started dating, uh, you know, I look back on some of those and I'm like, gosh, that was not a great relationship, but I just didn't have enough basis for comparison yet. I didn't know enough about myself yet to see that. And that's just a natural part of learning that. And so just keep that in mind, right? This is a skill you're going to develop through your whole life and you're going to develop it faster and better if you are being intentional about that and giving it some thought and, and thinking about these things. So let's take this back to the ideal that we, we have these piles. And maybe even while listening to this episode, there's a part of your brain that's going, yikes, okay, I can think of some relationships that probably go in this pile. If that's the case, it can feel really overwhelming to be like, yeah, gosh, but that, I can't just put them in a bag and drop them off at Goodwill. You know, how, how do I do this? And so one thing to do is to start with the ones that are easy, to start with the relationships that are maybe more distant or are going to be easier to deescalate. The, the easiest of all of these, I would say, is the social media, is, you know, who are you following or who are you friends with on social media? And if you look at those relationships, which maybe you hadn't even thought of those yet, But is there someone that's just every time you see their shit, you feel bad in some Mm -hmm. kind of way, right? Whether it's because you're jealous or it's because they're just very negative or something, right? Whatever it is. Maybe it's an ex that you keep following on social media. Emily. Emily. (laughs) I'm not even going to say anything because I hear you. I am guilty of this. It's more like I hate follow. Sorry. (laughs) Right. Right. I get you. Maybe that's, you know, you can evaluate that and think about it yeah. because yeah. this I is so you. easy. If you mm-hmm. identify it, that's to unfollow someone or to unfriend someone is super easy. And usually they don't find out about it. So you don't even have to have this confrontation about it, especially the more distant of a relationship they are. Maybe there's some kind of celebrity or someone that you follow, you know, whatever it is, that's really easy. And then from there, looking at, okay, of the other ones that come up for me when I think about this, what are some other ones that might be easier. Maybe this is a relationship with a coworker or a friend where I feel like I've just been trying to force this relationship to keep going and it just drains a lot more of my energy. And if I just stopped putting so much energy into it, it would just kind of deescalate itself. You know, maybe this feels kind of one-sided where I'm the one constantly pursuing this relationship. Maybe just letting letting that slip away is easy. And then from this, moving your way up to some of those more significant relationships, like if this is more of a best friend or a serious romantic partner or something, that's going to be more challenging, but still going to be very important if, you know, if you do start to realize this is not something that just needs a little bit of mending, but this isn't right for me and that you're not doing either of you any favors by staying in that. And remember that when we're talking about donating or tossing or whichever verb you'd prefer to apply here, that it doesn't always have to be a complete 
cutting out of your life and pretending like this person is dead to you. It doesn't have to be a breakup or a friend breakup or a I'm going to ghost them and just not respond to their texts anymore. Again, it can just be a redirection of that energy. It could be choosing to spend less time with them. It could be just giving up less of your emotional energy. It could just be having slightly better boundaries around the amount of time that you spend together or the things that the two of you talk about or how you spend your time. I think that this comes up a lot or at least I witness this coming up a lot when I'm working with people who are trying to navigate how to have a friendship with their ex or Mm. what kind of relationship they should have with an ex or what kind of relationship they should have after de-escalating a relationship with somebody. And the advice that I like to follow is I think it's important to determine what is the appropriate emotional distance from this person so that I can still show up in the way that I want to be showing up, living up to my values. I can still be the human being that I want to be, right? So an example of this is if you and your ex are still texting every single day and seeing each other or choosing to see each other every single day, and like maybe that's fun and it's nice to have them as a friend, but it's also really activating and still really triggering and it's really hard when they start dating or you still get into squabbles all the time, I would evaluate that as that's probably not the way that you want to be showing up. That's probably not the way that you want to be a friend or have a friend. And so just adjust the distance. And it's going to be a constant distance adjusting journey with any relationship. And so maybe it does mean we don't need to text each other every single day, at least not right now. We don't need to see each other every single day, at least not right now. Again, it doesn't have to be this extreme pendulum swing where I got to completely cut them out. But it's just feeling out what that distance is so that you can still have this person around, but not feel like it's completely robbing you of your energy, your time, your ability to live in integrity. I think it can be really difficult to know where to begin when doing this section of spring cleaning, when trying to figure out who it is that you want to keep in your life and who might be best to send on their way into, you know, greener pastures or newer waters. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> Fresher waters? <laughs> Fresher? Yeah, <laughs> not, I think I uh, mix metaphors there. But anyway, Dedeker, you just said the word values. And I think that's really important because if something isn't aligning with your values or if a relationship is holding you back in some way, it might be time to move on from that. And we did our episode on values over a year ago. It's almost two years now, which is incredible. Episode 319. So that's something to look at again as well, just to determine what are my values and then also are the people in my life aligning with those values specifically. And if they're not, then maybe it is time to say goodbye to them in some form or fashion. And when we are talking about ending relationships, that's not something to be taken lightly. If this is a very close, very serious relationship, a long-term relationship, all those things, right? So we don't mean this to say in any way that you should take it as lightly as you should take your clothes, although I know sometimes that can also feel heavy. But, (laughs) you know, it is different, right? This is a, a relationship with a human, and those can change over time. And so it can take some time to evaluate that. This may be something that you've known, that part of you has known for a while, or you've been thinking about for a while, and perhaps this this festival, this matsuri of spring cleaning 
could be that final motivation that you need to actually make that change, to actually have that difficult conversation, especially when you think about it in terms of the purpose of it. What you're making room for is to have more room for these positive relationships, whether that's bringing new ones into your life or just making more space for the ones that you do have in your life that are positive. One caveat to this, though, is don't break up with an existing relationship just because you're excited about someone new, especially if that new relationship is less than a year that you've been together. And this is just sort of a general word of caution. Maybe you've always wanted to get out of that other relationship. Maybe that's different. But I just see this happen pretty often where there's all that excitement, all those hormones from that that new relationship energy is not making you make good decisions. So I would say don't blow up your life for that. But if this is more just I've known for a while or this relationship just I've tried many times to mend it, maybe last year's spring cleaning tried to really mend stuff and it's just not happening, that's that's when it is time to really think about, okay, this sucks, but I know this is the right thing to do and I have a good reason for doing it, which is making room for the better things in my life. And then also, if you want to be very generous, for them in their life too. Yeah, on the flip side of that, like Jay said, it is a big decision, so don't rush into it necessarily, but also don't wait for yet another year to go by and another spring cleaning to pass before you let that relationship go, especially if you know deep down, hey, this is not aligning with my values and this clearly isn't working and hasn't been working for a while. And get help with that. You know, for big, big, big spring cleaning jobs, there's now a whole cottage industry of people who will help you organize your stuff. You know, of course, Marie Kondo has gone on to the classic grift of certifying people in the method. Like there's plenty of people who are willing to take your money to help you clean if it's just too overwhelming and same thing if you're trying to evaluate whether or not it's time to keep a relationship or to let it go. Get help. This is a really, really big decision. We've said this before in relation to this, but you know, you aren't the center of the universe. You are not just ending a relationship so that it's not a part of your life anymore, but you're ending a relationship so that the two of you can go off and hopefully be in better relationships. It doesn't mean that that person's bad. It doesn't mean that the two of you were terrible in this relationship, but just simply that maybe you weren't the best for one another. And instead, you're setting each other free and allowing more time and space for the two of you to get to be with other people and get to have better opportunities, hopefully, with other people. So ideally, this will benefit both of you, even though, of course, it is going to be challenging, potentially. Yeah, in the big picture, you're not doing anyone any favors by staying in a relationship that's not good because that's just holding both of you back. All right, so we've gone through our piles of our relationships, but you may have realized there is an important relationship we haven't gotten to yet. I mean, we've talked about it tangentially, but this is the relationship with yourself. How can we donate ourselves. No, just kidding. No, no. <laughs> or donate your time and energy. That's not a bad thing. That's, I mean, that actually is a great, we should have put That's that in here. But, but I was thinking more yeah. like tossing yourself in the garbage. In the garbage. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Yes. Put myself on the buy nothing group. No. Um, no. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the idea here. One boy for nothing. Is, right. Yeah. But I don't want to go to a hoarder house, a yes. house where someone's there hoarding boys, hoarding podcasters. Go. Someone is going to value a boy. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. So for this, it's how can we 
look at all the pieces that make up ourselves, right? Our, all of our mental activity, our emotional activity, physical activity, even all those things. And, and again, take that look at what are the things that are great? What are the things that I could improve some? What are the things that I want to get out of my life? And so one of the places to start here is with your, what I'll call mental clutter. The idea is that just like in our house, by getting rid of the cluttery stuff that we're not loving, that's not feeling cool, it's not even useful, it's just kind of there because I don't want to get rid of it. This can also happen with our thoughts where, you know, maybe I just have this tendency to focus on really negative stuff. Maybe that means I'm just addicted to watching the news and feeling miserable about it or always checking my email the second anything pings or Twitter or whatever it is, right? And I'm finding that if I think about sort of the, the house that is my mind, I'm just filling it up with shit that makes me feel bad, right? And maybe some of that's useful, but probably not to the degree that you have it in there. Or maybe it's negative self-talk, or maybe it's just stressing over things that you have no control over. There's lots of different ways this could look, but having that sense of by decluttering that and evaluating, you know, what are the things that I can try to not put so much energy into and not keep around in my mind, again, is not just getting rid of stuff for its own sake, but getting rid of it so that you can focus more on the positive things and the, I don't even want to say positive, like just feel good, but positive in terms of aligned with your values, right? Maybe by freeing up some of that energy, stressing out over the news, you actually have some energy to do something positive in the world, whether that's in your micro community or volunteering on a bigger scale thing or something like that, right? That like, how can I actually take this energy and use it for something better that fits with my values? Yeah, I think that's the irony is that, you know, when we let ourselves clear out some of that stuff, when we let ourselves have access to joy and space and fun, that again, it re fills our capacity to actually be able to give of ourselves and to give back and to care, right? Because I think that we can get so inundated, especially with the news, especially with commentary on social media, so inundated to the point where it does produce numbness and apathy, which is not helpful to anybody, right? And so we do need those things. And related to that, you know, another thing that you can do to clean up your relationship with yourself is to go plant some little springtime seeds. <laughs> I, I do mean this literally, actually, that honestly, last year when I was going through my super big, horrible, no good breakup, like there was just a day where I noticed that all my houseplants had grown like a tiny bit. And I remember like to my therapist being like, the houseplants are growing. It's going to be okay. <laughs> That's sweet. They know things are okay. You know, so sometimes quite literally just having some kind of connection with nature, even just going and observing the changes in nature can be really helpful. And springtime is a perfect time just to be taking note of those things. But it doesn't have to be literal as well. It can be just planting seeds of something that you want to grow in your life or in your relationships. So it's good to contrast this with something like New Year's resolutions, which love them, hate them, whatever. But often the practice of New Year's resolutions tends to be very absolute. They tend to be very black and white. It tends to be, I'm going to accomplish this this year, or I'm not, or I'm going to stop doing this thing, or I'm going to start doing this thing for sure. And there is a gentler way that we can transition into this. It doesn't have to be, 
oh my God, now I'm going to meditate every single day for 45 minutes. And now I'm going to do that until I burn myself out on meditation and then never come back to it, right? It literally could be, I'm going to meditate for five minutes on Saturday mornings when I have time. Just think about planting a tiny little seed, you know, or just little things with your physical or mental health. If you're like, you know what, I'm going to go for a 10 minute walk around the block just to get outside in the sunshine, you know, and that's maybe different from I'm going to get up at six in the morning and run five miles every single morning, right? So I, I think this is this is sort of like some people call this like chunking or micro habiting where you can think about the things that you do want to foster and cultivate and just find ways. How do we just sprinkle it in instead of trying to make these big sweeping changes? To continue with the plant metaphor, I think we can sprinkle some new seeds, but we can also recultivate the plants that might be a little weathered, a little down, a little sad. <laughs> Or perhaps you do need to dust some them. cuttings. Yes. Oh, dust them? Mm, really? There, yeah. No, you no, oh. literally though. There are some Whoa. plants, especially if they're like very broad leafed plants, where it's recommended to regularly come along and gently with like a, a damp cloth to dust them because even the dust that accumulates yeah. can help pre- like can prevent them from getting the light that they need. So you do have to dust your plants off occasionally. Well, there you go. Exactly. And you may <laughs> be dusting off some things in your closet and then all of a sudden find something like an old tennis racket and remember, wow, I really loved playing tennis. I love doing this thing. You know, you might pick up an old book or a manuscript that you started that you never finished, things along those lines, and remember, hey, I should work on that again. I really enjoyed this creative outlet of writing, things like that. I mean, old D&D books that you miss playing, stuff like that. And I, I think there's so many different things that you maybe set aside because stress, relationships, kids, anything get in the way of cultivating yourself and continuing to work on your relationship with yourself in your life. And so this is a great time to pick those things back up or reevaluate what it is that really matters to you in those ways, too. And maybe start looking for ways to do some of the things in your life that you used to really love. And lastly, when we're spring cleaning, one of the great things about spring is it's finally becoming warm enough that we can open our windows again and get that fresh air, freshen things up. And so think about how you can do that for your mind for your your spirit, if you will. And this is just, you know, what are some things that I can open myself up to new experiences or new ideas? Maybe this is reading a, a philosophy book that's different from one that I'd read before or a particular mindfulness book that I've been thinking about reading. But it also could be things like doing some travel, even if that's just a day trip, right? Even if it's just, okay, I've got this one day free I'm going to drive out to somewhere and go on a hike, or I'm going to go see this beautiful view or something, right? This doesn't even have to be a big expensive thing, but just something to get a new experience, get a new perspective. This related to planting the seeds like Dedeker was talking about, or revitalizing some old things that you used to be into. This could be taking a class, or this could be joining a intramural sports league or something like that. Just something that you get a new experience you hadn't had before. Find some way to metaphorically open those windows. I would say one that is very hard for me to do, but something that I do find a lot of value in when I'm able to do it, 
is making time to not do anything, is making time to intentionally be a little bit bored, I guess I could say, where I'm not just instantly going to check my phone, but I'm actually just going to kind of maybe space out or go for a walk and not listen to a podcast. I mean, assuming you're all cut up on multi-emory, of course, but you know, go on a walk, not listening to a podcast, not listening to music even, and just kind of being there and, and seeing where my mind goes is this really valuable thing. And it's hard to do. Uh, but again, it's just sort of a way to not always have your mind focused on something. So it can be opened up a little bit and maybe have some new thoughts that you hadn't thought before. And bear in mind that with so much of this, there is going to be some inertia that you'll have to get over, right? Because let's face it, it's it's really easy to do the same thing over and over again. It's easy to be passive as far as changing your relationship landscape goes. Sometimes it's easier to just like sit and complain about your coworker or your friend rather than taking any action to actually change it. So just remember that if hearing all of this sounds uncomfortable to you, but doesn't necessarily sound dangerous, like my whole life is going to fall apart, maybe it's something to consider, right? Like to step outside of your comfort zone, do something that maybe switches things up or that scares you a little, that challenges you a little. When we're getting in and like changing our relationship landscape, it's not that we can say, oh, there's no consequences. You can just like control Z, undo it, and then it'll be fine. But again, like thinking about these kind of baby steps and the ways that we can kind of invite in a little bit of that fresh, clean, springtime, clean laundry on a beach in a spa sort of candle oh. scent sort of energy, you know? <laughs> Hold on, clean laundry on a beach in a spa. Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. It sounds great. The laundry <laughs> is on a beach and in also a in a yeah. spa. Yeah. yeah. Got yeah. it. Okay. Amazing. Good. Good. All right. So we hope that this has been helpful for you. I know that we all now have a lot to think about in our own lives about how we can apply these things. And so our question of the week on our Instagram stories is, what is one thing that you want to spring clean in your relationship with yourself? I think this is such a such a cool question, and I'm excited to hear from all of you of what's something inside yourself that you want to spring clean. It's time to donate or put in a little dustbin and and shake it out the balcony. I've totally lost my <laughs> metaphor there. Uh, but let us know. We'd love to hear from you on our Instagram. And also, if you want to discuss this episode more, the best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is in the episode discussion channel on our Discord server or in our private Facebook group. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Multiamory is created and produced by Dedeker Winston, Emily Matlack, and me, Jace Lindgren. Our production assistants are Rachel Schenewerk and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. <laughs>